this is Jackie Shea. Welcome to Too Sick and Naked, Healing Out Loud, where we vulnerably discuss the ups and downs of healing from illness. Each episode, I interview a brave guest who has extensive experience around illness and wellness, and hopefully we will leave you inspired to warrior on as well as highly informed about something new. Today, I'm so stoked to be speaking with Kate Rents, um, a director and photographer living in Los Angeles. She's enthusiastic about the outdoors, culture, travel, art, and human connection. Kate was diagnosed with Lyme disease in 2015 after suffering from for 15 years going undiagnosed. Hi, Kate. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, you went 15 years undiagnosed. Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. What were, yeah. what were the symptoms like during that time? Well, it start, well, I think basically what happened was around the time that I was like 13 or 14 years old, I went on this trip with my cousins. We did this like RV trip around the West and I started like noticing that I was really, really tired the whole time. And at the time I thought it was just because I was sleepy, you know? Um, and I just was like lagging and like every time we'd like get out to go see like a new site and stuff like that. And my cousins like gave me the name slow turtle on the trip, (laughs) which kind of sucked for me. But, um, and you know, we joked about it, but like looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I think that's like when I got it. I didn't have like the bullseye rash. I didn't have like, not that I can remember like flu like symptoms. I just remember being so, so tired and um, just having a like difficult time getting out of bed and just like kind of functioning. And um, most people don't get the bullseye rash, yeah. which is, I mean, I think maybe 30% of people get it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that does not a diagnosis make. Totally. Totally. Um, Yeah. So that was like, I think initially my first symptom was just kind of like the chronic fatigue. And then I think like as the year progressed, I started getting these back pains where, I mean, my back was just aching so bad. And I actually recently found a note that I wrote to a friend during that time. And I was like, I think I have cancer. I don't know what's wrong with me, but my back will not stop hurting. And, um, yeah, it's just like, I think throughout that time it was like in my spine and like just like in my rib cage just like really really like achy pains yeah Um, did you have rib cage soreness it was like more yeah like more towards like the back right um of my rib cage and like I think that yeah again like I had no idea what was going on I thought it was cancer and um, were you talking to your parents about it I was yeah and like I feel like I was always like kind of sick and always complaining and you know my my parents were really good about just, you know, listening to me and taking me to the doctors. Um, and for that, that specific thing necessarily, like the back pain, like, I don't know if I really did anything about that or like went to the doctor necessarily about that. But towards the end of high school, I was getting this pain that was like in my lower right back that was like near the kidney area. And it was like a very deep, deep, dull pain that uh, I can't even describe how bad that feeling was. Um, and so my mom took me to the gynecologist and, 
um, it was discovered that I had endometriosis. And so I just assumed that that pain was a result of endometriosis. Did they diagnose you with endo based on your symptoms or did they find like an endometria? So I, yeah, it was like symptomatic and then they went in and did like a, um, laparoscopy and discovered the like scar tissue and stuff on my, um, uterus. Okay. So I just assume, I mean, cause I've had like really bad periods. I'd get like really bad cramps and stuff like that. And I just assumed that that back pain that I was feeling was as a result of endometriosis. So I kind of just had to be, you know, had to suck it up and be like, well, this is what I have. This is the pain that I'm going to experience for the rest of my life. And so, yeah, I just had to keep going and I got on birth control for that. And I was thinking that that was going to help the pain and it never did. It helped with my cramps and my cramps kind of started going away. But with that pain in my back, it just was like always there. And, um, once I went on to college, I would just have, you know, these episodes where like, I couldn't really walk. I would like get so overwhelmed with pain that I would be throwing up. Oh, wow. And yeah, it was, it was really bad. In and, your back mostly? Yep. And so it what was like... What about your neck? Headaches or any of um, that? No. I didn't really have headaches or anything like that. I definitely had, you know, like muscle and joint cramping and, and pain there. Um, I had insomnia really bad. I have always had a hard time sleeping. And I think especially, you know, in high school and in college, like I would have such a difficult time falling asleep. And I had a really, really hard time with brain fog and I would be, you know, in class and taking tests and I'd be like, I cannot answer this question, even though it seems like it's so easy or just like reading, you know, for homework and stuff like that. And I'd be like, I can't even focus. Like something's wrong with my brain. Right. Um, It's interesting because I had insomnia, like it was one of my worst symptoms. Um, And it's hard, and I had brain fog, and I had the exhaust, but it's hard when it's like everything compounds the exhaustion, and then you're not sleeping. And so, like, of course your brain isn't operating, but you also have a neurological disease that is causing brain fog, and then you're not sleeping. (laughs) So people that aren't sleeping are already a little bit, like, out of it. Totally. So it's just, like, everything starts to just compound and for sure and my digestive system was like totally off and in college freshman year I remember I or sophomore year I was so sick because I could not go to the bathroom like I think I know that this is like crazy information but like I would go like once a week no no we talk about poop every episode okay cool well yeah I'd go like once or lack thereof yeah exactly oh my god yeah and again this goes back to my mom like totally listening to me and you know she took me to a doctor um near my university and I had to have like a colonoscopy and see like what was going on and nothing it was like super you know like showing up and testing and stuff like that um nothing showed up no, I think that they just said like, oh, you have IBS, here's some medication. Of course. And um, slap a label on yeah. it that like is elusive and doesn't really totally. make sense. And the medication did not help, you know? Mm. And so But yeah. your mom was listening to you? She totally was. Yeah. And what about other people around you? Um, I mean, you know, my parents, my family, like they'd always listen, but I had, you know, teachers and coaches and stuff like that. Um Definitely they did not. Um, I would have people, you know, just kind of be like, oh, suck it up or like quit whining. 
And that was really frustrating. And it actually like made me believe that like, or made me like question, like, am I being a hypochondriac? Like, am I complaining too much? Or is this something that's like in my head? So I felt it so physically and so mentally, but then, you know, when other people aren't really like believing you or just like making you feel like you're being a hypochondriac, it's like you're stuck in this like really strange place where, you know, you just don't feel good, but then you don't want to say you don't want to feel or that you don't feel good because people aren't going to believe you, you know? Yeah, I do know. So it's hard. Um, and yeah, I mean, continuing on, like through my twenties, you know, this pain persisted, this back pain and it would just get, you know, so bad. And then again, like every time I would be walking or standing for too long, I would just have to like run to the bathroom to throw up because the pain would be so severe. And, um, were you taking ibuprofen and like nothing was working? And well, when I was in college, they prescribed Percocet and Vicodin and I would be taking that kind of stuff. And that never really helped. I, ibuprofen, you know, helped a little bit, but like not too much. Um, I think it would just like dull the pain a little bit, but because the pain was just so intense, like nothing really helps. And then once I moved out to LA and, you know, started working out here, um, I like noticed that the, my muscles and my legs would cramp so bad and it would just feel like, I'd be like, am I sitting too much? Like at work? Cause I worked in post-production and I'd be like, am I sitting too much? Like, is like, is it because I'm not like exercising or stretching enough? And I was working with artists, you know, like in, in post and I'd be like, don't they feel this in their legs? Like they're the ones like sitting, you know, behind a computer actually like doing all this stuff and not moving for, you know, eight to 10 hours a day, but nobody else seems to be complaining, but my legs are killing me. And I'd be, you know, like having to like punch my muscles and like, it just kept getting worse and worse. Like all of the symptoms just kept getting stronger and stronger. Wow. Yeah. And and during this time in your twenties, in your early mid twenties, you were also an at, were you already like an avid outdoors? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're hiking a lot. Yeah. You are moving a lot. You are exercising. Um, you also met your partner during that mm-hmm. time. Yep. And, um, and so like you were making moves in life yeah. and was it hard to keep up and even meeting your partner? Yeah. Like, was it hard? Did you tell him? Was it, mm-hmm. what was that like? Well, I think for me, I just have a personality that is always on the go. Like I really honestly cannot sit still. So I think like going outside and hiking a lot and camping and traveling and all of that stuff, like I was still doing that stuff and, and doing it while I was in pain And I think for me, because I didn't really have an answer as to why I was feeling that much pain. So I just kind of, um, I didn't really understand like the severity of it. And so I just kept pushing myself through it. And I think that with my husband, he he knew that I was in pain and he knew I wasn't feeling good. And and same thing with his family and with my family and, and some of my friends, like people knew I wasn't necessarily feeling the best, but I don't think that they understood the severity of it either because they saw me being so active and being so like on the go all the time and, you know, like hiking up and, you know, conquering mountains and stuff like that. And so it's just kind of like, 
I don't know. It's like, well, you don't look sick because you're doing all these things. And so, I mean, it was like really, um, I mean, it was difficult for me to understand too. It was like, right. How am I able to do both of these things? You know? Right. Um, Did it ever get to a point where you weren't able to do those things? Yeah. So like right before, well, yes and no. Um, right before my diagnosis, which was May, 2015, I was getting to a place where I, you know, like I would hike on the weekends or like travel to, you know, a certain place or do a job in Africa or whatever. Um, and I would be doing those jobs or doing, you know, doing that hike and throwing up on the side while doing it, like having to like run into the bathroom and, and puke. And, um, but then I think that like, the last job that I did, like right before I took a break, um, I was, you know, like on set for like 14 hours, hiding the fact that I was, you know, in the bathroom, like having to run to the bathroom to like throw up and stuff. Um, but it, it was almost like my body was like, look, you need to slow down. Like you cannot push your body anymore. Like, even though you want to be doing all this stuff, like you need to just take a break. And I like actually airports were the worst for me and there would be times where I could not stand in line. Like if you had to like, you know, transfer to like a different gate or something and then stand in line to like wait to get onto your flight. Like I was finding that I literally could not stand in that line. Yeah. I couldn't. Standing still for me was actually, was harder than walking. It was more painful than walking. And I was in a wheelchair in airports when I was at my sickest. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it ended up getting to that place where, um, finally, like once I started treatment, like there was, I've only been in a wheelchair one time and it was during the summer of 2015. I went to the Huntington gardens in Pasadena and my friends were, you know, so great. And they were like, look, we know that you can't really walk that much anymore. Like we're going to push you around. And for me, I'm like, no, like I I'm strong enough, but I mean, I totally needed to like be pushed and I like let them do that. And they pushed me around and I was like, Oh man, like I really need to, you know, let myself be in this place where like I am weak and I like, can't physically do it like I think I can you yeah. know I know and it's super scary to get in the wheelchair the Ugh, first time it's yeah. like oh my god I don't want to be this person or or be this week or whatever and I was like you it was such a pusher mm-hmm. you know like yeah. I and I couldn't sit still and I had to be busy 24 7 and I ran from one thing to another and I, my days were booked out months in advance like I just I couldn't sit still and when yep. I did have downtime I made it my business to like go on a hike. Hiking was one of my biggest things. Yeah. And that's hard. Like when you have that personality where you want to be on the go all the time, like you forget that slowing down and, and resting is an act of self-care, self-care. And, and healing yeah. and getting well. Right. Really. My friend uh, Eva always says rest is an active verb. That is so true. I know. It's really helpful for people that like want to be doing something all yep. the time. It's like, yeah. You are. You're resting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so you kept busy. And I just want to say that I know you because I was sitting in a makeup chair on set in 2015. Mm-hmm. I think before I went to Bali. Um, and my my the woman doing my makeup was like, 
you know, what's going, we were talking about illnesses and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm really, really, really sick with Lyme disease. It's like really not good. And she was like, oh my God, my friend just got diagnosed with that. Oh my God. And she told me all about you and that's how we ended up um, getting in touch. And she had said that you were having so much pain in your side. I just remember her saying that. So so you had just gotten, what sent you, what finally got you the diagnosis? Yeah. Well, I kind of want to go back and just talk about before I get there, just how many doctors I had seen before. Yeah. And so, um, again, like this, this pain persisted and I kept going to different doctors. I'd go to, you know, Western doctors and then holistic doctors. And I, I had seen so many people that, um, didn't really take me seriously and like I saw a holistic doctor that told me that that pain in my like side slash back was from a pulled muscle and I'm like really for 15 years like this is not a pulled muscle and he treated me with like light treatment and obviously that didn't work and then I had seen a doctor um in Arizona that was like basically kind of like he's like it's basically in your head, you know, um, cause I had told him, you know, I have like anxiety and OCD and, um, I have this pain in my abdomen and in my back. And he's like, well, it's probably a result of you having anxiety mm. and it's just the way that your, you know, brain under understands that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, and then he gave me, um, antidepressants for it. And I'm like, no, I am in so much pain. Like this is not a, a result of anxiety. Like, this is something different, but he seriously like wouldn't listen. And then I saw a doctor here in LA where, you know, I was like getting to like, I was just like, Oh, I can't take it anymore. So I went to this doctor and he was like, well, what have you taken for the pain for pain management? And I was like, I've taken Percocet, I've taken Vicodin and I've taken ibuprofen. And he's like, well, if those don't work, what do you want me to do? And I'm like, Oh my God, are you serious? Like you're a doctor, like run some tests, like diagnose me, right? Stop trying to put a bandaid on it and figure out what's going on. I left that. So I was so mad. And for months I just like heartbroken a little bit and discouraged. And, and I always felt so abandoned by the medical community. It hurts. I know. I know. And like, when you go and you suggest like, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And I feel like some responses are like, well, have you been reading the internet? Like, are you self-diagnosing? And people don't take you seriously because they're like, well, you have all this access to information online, but like, this is my profession. So listen to me. And it makes me so mad. Yeah. You talk about it. It's just honestly, like, I kind of forget how heartbreaking that was just because it's been years now, but, um, it was really, really hard and really frustrating. And honestly, after I saw that last doctor in LA who, you know, was like, well, what, you know, no drugs are working for you. So what can I, you know, I can't do anything for you. So I kind of gave up honestly for like maybe six or seven months. And I was like, well, like, this is something I'm going to have to live with for the rest of my life. And then, it was just getting so severe. And then finally I was like, you know what? I'm just going to look something up online. And I found this doctor on Yelp and I was reading all his reviews and there were tons of reviews about people like having pain and having all this stuff for like 15, 18, 20 years. And they went to this guy and he figured out what it was and it was Lyme disease. And I was like, Oh, like 
maybe I should try to see this guy. So I called and I, it took a few months to get in, but then I finally saw him. So. And he diagnosed you. Yeah. Did he do the hygienics test? He did. Yeah. Yeah. And it came back positive for, um, I think that one actually came back inconclusive and he sent it, uh, he sent my blood work over to Germany. Oh, wow. And there was, um, that one that came back positive. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like for anyone listening, if you're, if your identics tests are coming back inconclusive, mm-hmm. which by the way, I'm saying this because I know people that like have, have clinically been diagnosed with Lyme, but yeah. then get the identics test and it comes back, but inconclusive. Yeah. And, um, and they freak out cause they're like, Oh, I guess I don't, I guess it is all in my head. And yeah. it's like, well, no, yeah. not necessarily. So I think, um, that's that's really interesting. Yeah. So it came back positive and then that began your journey. Yeah. And honestly, I was so glad that it came back positive because it was like, oh, I have an answer finally. Yeah. Like even though it, it sucked like being like, oh, I have Lyme disease, like I was so glad that I finally had an answer cuz now I could like take the steps into healing, you know. Right. And that's when you we're in the airports and unable to stand in line. This is like all around that period. Yes. And you, did you finally take off? Um, so I found out in May that I had Lyme and then in June I did my last job and that was, I mean, it was a great job, but it was really hard physically for me. And after that, I just had this realization where I was like, I cannot keep working right now. I really honestly have to take off and, and just focus on my health. So I guess like mid-June, I was like, that's it. No more jobs. Like, I'm going to take some months down. Actually, you know, really do this treatment that I need to do. So I did that. And those were the hardest months because, you know, I started taking some of the medications and having some of the die-off symptoms that you get when you start treating um, the Lyme. And was it antibiotics or was it so? Herbs? I was doing both. Okay. Um, but I first, I started off with um, antibiotics. I was taking Flagyl mm-hmm. because in addition to Lyme disease, I had um, parasites and um, small intestine bacteria overgrowth. So I had to treat those things first. And the Flagyl was just so intense. I don't know. Have you have you taken it? I took Flagyl for a short period of time, okay. but um, all of them were really intense yeah. for me. It was horrible. I've never really had that kind of experience with a antibiotic or medication where you actually get symptoms from it, you know, and I had all of them. And I think my, my course was like 10 days with, with that. And I mean, some of the symptoms that I was getting with flagell was like, I could not breathe. Like I felt like someone was suffocating me. And every time I would take like a breath, it was almost like I couldn't even get air into my lungs. And then I would start panicking because I was like, I'm going to die of suffocation. Shortness of breath is a really big um, symptom for people with Lyme actually. And usually I think it comes with Babesia. Mm -hmm. Did you, were you diagnosed with Babesia? Um, I, my Lyme doctor suggested that I probably had Babesia because of those symptoms, but um, I don't know if I actually took the blood test to confirm that but she was like you can go off of the symptoms it's clinical yeah Yeah. so um I had that and then I had like obviously like heart palpitations really bad I would get some days where I'd get so much anxiety like just in my body where it felt like I like the end of the world was coming 
and I'm like, there's nothing wrong. Like in my head, I don't, I'm not stressed about anything, but in my body, I have so much anxiety and so much nausea that I feel like something bad is going to happen. And it's just hard to shake that off. And, you know, when medication or antibiotics or die off from your, from your um, Lyme disease, like that stuff is so physical and so intense that you can't really just like ignore it. You know, it's like so in your face. Yeah. Die off is horrifying. Yeah. Um, with Lyme disease, I've said it before, but like you get worse before you get better yep. and getting worse is not a sign that like, you're not <laughs> doing well. It's yeah. just like you kill and then you detox and then you build your immune system yep. and it just takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so during this, this period where you weren't working and you, you took flagell, you took other antibiotics, I imagine. I just took flagell. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so only for 10 days. Yep. Oh, wow. And then I started doing like herbal treatment and I did ozone therapy right. as well. What were the herbal treatments you did? Oh man, I don't even remember the names. Um, I, I did some sort of like herbal cocktail with just like, yeah, some really intense herbs. And did you f- experience die off with those too? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Herbs are really intense. Yeah. I did like the Cowden protocol and I got so sick. I know. It's so hard. Yeah. It, and they don't taste good either. Like when you're, you know, Mm-mm. cause mine was like a drink. I don't know. Is that what you had to do? Yeah. Mine was like a tincture in some water or I would take powdered herbs for, I mean, I did all the herbs. Yeah. I did like capsules. I did powders. I did yeah. tinctures. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. How long so. did you do that protocol for? That was for probably like maybe like three or four months, I think. And then like with ozone, I did it for 14 weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. So did you, while you were doing ozone, were you also taking the herbs or you just mm-hmm. did? Okay. Yeah, so, so you, I was doing it all at the same time. And so I ask this, but what is, what do you think the most effective conventional medicine thing you did was? I think conventionally it would be the flagell. The flagell. Yeah. To kill the parasites. Yeah. Um, and then, and how did they know you had parasites and the, and the overgrowth? Um, I did some, I had some blood tests done and some stool samples and stuff like that. So they found it through that. I think it's really good for people to test for parasites. Um, and then you, uh, so then what is the most effective thing you did from holistic medicine? Yeah. I think honestly, like the ozone and the herbs like that seriously helped me so quickly. Like I, I was actually surprised. I mean, 14 weeks of ozone sounds like a really long time, but I definitely felt the effects of it so quickly. And you did yeah. it in the U S yeah, I did ozone too. I thought ozone was incredible. It made me super sick. However, mm-hmm. I got, I, I herxed with ozone really, really, really bad. Um, but you, it doesn't sound like you did. It sounds like you really no. just like got an uplift. Yeah. It, it really helped me. I, I mean, I'm surprised that I didn't have like the, you know, the severe symptoms or like herxing and stuff like that. I, what did you notice? Know. What what did you notice the benefits were? Well, basically, I noticed like shortly after I, you know, finished those 14 weeks, like I could I remember like so specifically I was at this bar in Los Angeles and I was visiting with a friend who was in town and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I've stood up straight for like 20 minutes." <laughs> and and I know that that doesn't sound like a big deal to people, it's but a really when you, big deal. <laughs> yeah, like when you're like so not used to like standing up, you know, for like 
long periods of time, like actually noticing that you can do that without pain is huge. It's so huge. Yeah, so and, that's something you notice. Yeah. Did, so did you notice any benefit in um, the brain fog? I think a little bit. I think that for me, like, yeah, I think it, it definitely did get better because there were times before I started, you know, those treatments where I would start panicking because my brain fog was so bad and I couldn't even, you know, like when I was working, I, I remember this one day I couldn't even like do like create an Excel document. And it was scary, you know, where I'm like, why? Like Excel is so easy and making a database is so easy, but I can't do it. And I feel trapped in my brain. So yeah, I definitely, I, yeah, I feel different because now I can like actually do those things without like freaking out. Right, right, right. Even though I still have like brain fog here and there. Sure. Will you tell us um, by chance who your doctor was for all this? Yeah, I saw um, Dr. Melanie Giesler in Santa Monica. And she's an integrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's so great. She's just really cool, really like down to earth, like totally like open to listening and For helping. Lyme and for any elusive illnesses out there, really, I fully believe that integrative or functional medicine doctors are the way to go. You can treat it from all angles. Yep. She can give you antibiotics. She can give you um, ozone. She can give you herbs. She can yeah. give you like her suggestions probably on mental and emotional health yeah. too. Yeah. She was so great. I mean, honestly, like for the longest time and I, you know, I know every person who has struggled with Lyme, you know, has the same story of like, no one was listening to me. No one was like open to just like hearing what I was going through. And she was, you know? She was great. Yeah, that's amazing. I really want to talk to you about, I know that you're really passionate about um, listening to your own body mm-hmm. and doing what doing what feels right for you. And um, tell me, for me, that was huge. Like yeah. everyone, a lot of people believed I should stay on antibiotics. I was on them for 10 months. And the reason I got off of them was fully intuitive. Yep. Like my body told me, that it was done taking antibiotics and wanted to heal totally naturally. And it has changed my life to go that route for the better. Ever since then, I have like, the ozone was totally intuitive. You know, the different um, body work I've done has been intuitive. The reason I go to acupuncture is because I can tell my body benefits and Mm -hmm. I have no opinion on like what might help somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about some of the ways you, you found that to really benefit you listening to your own body. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it honestly goes back to like in the beginning where I was like feeling, you know, all of those like symptoms and just like everyone else's responses, you know, specifically doctors just being like, no, like nothing is showing up in, you know, these tests or in these x-rays or, you know, whatever, but just really knowing my body and like getting in touch with it and just really listening to it like especially with the um with the pulled muscle thing where I was like no like I know like I know my body so well and I know that this is not a pulled muscle like just you know being in touch with your body and just like what it needs and and trusting yourself totally yeah um and then also like I mean, rest is something that I struggle with still, you know, and just and listening to my body and, and knowing that it needs rest. But when you are tired, like actually being like, no, like I'm tired and I need to take a nap or like I need to slow down or I have to say no to like 
not attending this party. Like that's really, really difficult for me, but I have found that when I am able to listen to my body, I do feel so much better. Oh my God. It's crazy. It's so hard though. Last night I had to bow out of something. I have class on Thursday nights that I love and like, I have been so tired the last couple mm-hmm. days and it's not necessarily like, it's not Lyme. I think I'm fighting something like I don't, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. A big emotional disturbance came up this week. Like who knows, but I'm tired. Yeah. And I texted my teacher being like, oh, should I come? Like, I feel, well, I really want to yeah. come. And I, everything in my body was like, don't go like, yeah. you know, and, um, my friends were like, what feels like, and I just kept being like, it feels like the kind thing to do for myself to let myself stay home yeah. and rest. And it was so, it's so hard because it I really immediately is. go into feeling like a failure. Yeah. I'm like, Ugh. or selfish or selfish, yeah. but I'm a failure and I can't show up and like, you know, or I'm just like trying to get out of this, yep. you know, or yeah. whatever. But it's like, man, sometimes I need to fucking chill the fuck <laughs> out. Like, yeah. Yeah. I had that same thing happen a few months ago where, um, I was going to go to this function that one of my friends was having where she was like hosting this really cool art show. And, you know, she's super important to me and I really wanted to be there for her, but I had just crazy symptoms going on and I was just so tired and I was like, Oh, I really don't want to like say that I can't go or not show up for her. And because it's so important for me to, you know, um, stay true to like my word. And I had said that I was going to go. Um, but I also was like, if I don't stay back and rest, like the rest of my, you know, next two or three months are going to be horrible and I'm going to feel so bad physically. And then I can't show up for people in the future. So I told her I couldn't go and I felt so, so guilty, but honestly it was the best choice because I just needed to take a nap and I needed to like be at home and lay on the couch. And you know, that's not something that I do all the time, but I needed that. Yeah. It's amazing how rejuvenating it is to just like have some solitude and, you know, sit sometimes for me, it's the most rejuvenating thing to like be alone in my bed for like 45 minutes. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) Or a few hours and just be like, um, yeah. curtains are closed. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, I think too, like, um, everyone's definition of resting looks so different or, you know, or is defined, you know, a different way. And I think for me growing up in my head was always like, Oh, like if I rest, that means I have to like lay in my bed and have their curtains closed and make sure that I'm like listening to like meditative music or whatever. And sometimes like rest because I am such a, um, outdoorsy person and some, and a person that like really gets so much life out of nature. Um, I'd be like, I just need to go camping. And, Mm. and, and for some people that sounds like that's a lot, you know, but for me that was so, or going camping or going on just like a really light hike or going up to the mountains. I live pretty close to the San Gabriel mountains in Los Angeles. Um, driving up to the mountains and like sitting next to a stream was so healing for me. Totally. It gave me so much rest and just being able to like sit and look at the mountains or like watch the clouds or whatever. It was just like really, really healing. And, and I know that my body needs that. So that goes back to, you know, like 
listening to your body, listening to like what it needs and trusting that. Yeah. And how many people would tell you like, don't go on a hike. Like you don't feel well, but it's like, you know, or maybe they wouldn't, but people have a lot of opinions about these things. Yeah. (laughs) Like you're like, no, that, that does sound rejuvenating to me. And I really want to talk about that too. Mm. Like you are so outdoorsy and, and for me too, the stream, like sitting by Mm -hmm. a stream or, or going, driving up to the mountains, I really believe in being outside Mm -hmm. if you can manage it. When I was really, really sick and I really truly couldn't leave bed yeah it was like go sit outside for 20 minutes in the sun yep we're lucky we live in los angeles like it's not like that everywhere but if you are lucky enough to be someplace where the weather is nice and you can enjoy the outdoors like take 20 minutes out of your day and go sit outside it is like one of the best suggestions i can offer it really really is and so being outside is kind of scary when you it's like you know Maybe it's not quite the same, but like being in the ocean, getting attacked by a shark and yeah. then going back to the ocean. Yeah. Um, you know, when you get bit by a tick, you, I, it, I could never describe how horrible it is, what follows, mm-hmm. right? If you yeah. get really sick. And for someone like me who was so into being outdoors and you obviously yeah. so into being outdoors, it actually... For me, it was scary and it is scary. And like, it has taken away some of the freedom because like I was big into hiking. Like I would hike barefoot a lot. Yeah. Like I loved being on the earth without shoes on. Mm -hmm. I don't do that now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I want to hear about how you're, you're such an inspiration for people that are afraid to be outside because you, you've actually gotten so much healing there. Yeah. Well, I think for me, like, again, like trust your body, trust like your intuition about going outside and if if that is something that is really scary for you like you know take it slow but for me because I just am so innately outdoorsy going back outside wasn't a fear that I had I don't know why you know maybe Mm -hmm. I should have been more fearful of that um but I think like I don't know. And I just needed nature so much that it was like something where I was like, well, I'm not going to sacrifice my love for nature and my need for nature because I'm like scared to get bit again. And if I, and I guess I kind of had the perspective where I was like, well, if I do, I already have like taken steps to like get better. And I know that if I get bit again, like I can just, you know, go get ozone again or like go right. like, you know what some, the treatments are. Right. And it's such a good point uh, yeah. though to like doing the things you enjoy which is something I talk about a lot on yeah. here like doing things that bring you joy will ultimately benefit your immune system and For will sure. fight Lyme disease yeah. or any other fucking disease you have in the book like totally d- so if uh, the outdoors bring you joy then do it if yeah. dancing brings you joy do it if coloring brings you joy like whatever it is yep um it will and it will boost literally your immune system it really really will and i think too like i mean my lyme wasn't as severe as some people you know can get it and i know that there are people who are like bound to their bed or like stuck in a wheelchair where they cannot go and hike a mountain or like go out and sit by a stream or whatever um but i i think that i think that like there are some things that you could do and like maybe if you do want to go outside just sit in your car and just soak up nature that way. You know, you don't have to get out. You don't have to like go do a crazy hike or whatever. Like maybe like modify it in the way that you need 
to enjoy it. You know, I love that. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. Like put a chair outside your door. Yeah. I mean, you know, literally go sit on your stoop. Yep. I mean, that was what I had to do. I had to just go like sit on my stoop for my cul-de-sac. Like that helped me. Yeah. Um, just get some fresh air and like feeling the sun on oh, your body is sun. so healing. Oh, it I is know. so true. It really is. And don't yeah. wear sunscreen. Like give yourself 20 minutes of like the sun without sunscreen. Yep. Of course, if you have skin cancer, like <laughs> take the precautions. Right, but, right. But you can do 20 minutes without yeah. sunscreen and get the vitamin D, you know. Yeah. Um, and or I'm not a doctor. Other ways too. Like, I mean, obviously if you're afraid to go back into the woods or something, don't do that. But like maybe if you live in California or like somewhere on the coast, like go to the beach, mm-hmm. you know, where you could just like sit in the sand or like maybe go to a lake where there's like a beach there and you don't feel like you're going to, you know, be in close contact with a tick or something. So yes. I think yes. that there's other options that you can do or all of those things. Yeah. So nice. I can't wait to go outside this weekend. Yeah. Um, so what are you feeling? To, how do you feel today? So yeah. it's been two, it's been two and a half years mm-hmm. that you've been treating and, and how do you feel? You, yeah. you still have symptom flare ups. It sounds I do. Like. Yeah. I honestly, I haven't had that pain for like maybe, I think like in a year and a half, I think I experienced it like one or two times, Wow. but it was so not on the level that I had experienced it before. Um, but the day that I did experience my first like flare up with the pain, it was so scary. And I started crying and I was like, no, this can't happen again, but it passed. And, and then I like maybe had like one more day of that. And then it hasn't shown up probably in like a year now, which is the biggest blessing ever. Um, but yeah, I I still have like times where, you know, I get like insane, uh, fatigue and just really, really tired. Obviously my brain fog like flares up here and there. There's times where I have insomnia and, um, sometimes like where my like joints and muscles hurt, but honestly that's, it flares up when I don't take care of myself and when I don't listen to my body and I push my body and I'm not eating like according to like a diet that I should be following or like drinking enough water, getting enough sleep. So, yeah. So quickly in the few minutes we have, let me ask, like, do you take supplements on a daily basis slash what do you do when you have flare ups? Yeah. Um, I should take supplements daily. I'm really bad at it and I need to every day. I'm like tomorrow I'm going to start. So (laughs) I I have them at my house, but I think because I have been feeling so well, you know, in the back of my brain, I'm like, Oh, I don't need these. So when I do have flare ups, I I take those supplements and, um, magnesium always like helps me with like my muscle pain and stuff like that. Um, so I do that and then I just make sure like, to like constantly get back onto like a gluten-free diet because gluten really, really affects my body. And I have to like constantly like tell myself that I need to, to follow that. Is that all you're free from gluten? I mean, I should be free from like corn and dairy and sugar. I mean, honestly, sugar like really affects me as well. And, um, I didn't drink alcohol for years and I'm, you know, I kind of do it like moderately now and I, but I do notice, you know, the effects of it. So but I, this is great because yeah. you're not super extreme. I right. am super extreme and <laughs> I was extreme for like years. I really, really was. And then I was like, I kind of want to enjoy those things sure, again, you know? Sure. So, and partially for me, like the reason I'm extreme is because I love it. 
Yeah. Like I love the diet. Like I'm, I enjoy all of the, yeah. the holistic things, Yep. but, um, you know, it's important to note that like, I just spent a vacation in Israel eating bread mm. every single day. Yeah. Multiple How times. did you feel? Fine. Great. You know, first of all, they don't treat the bread the way they do in the States. Yep. <laughs> and yep. also, um, I'm, I'm really doing well. Like I, I just, um, I had like a little extra pain, a little extra mm. inflammation, but I felt pretty good. Yeah. So you can, you know, and I eat goat dairy now. Okay. Like I totally, I consume feta and goat milk and like yeah. goat yogurt and, um, I'm not as strict as I once was. Um, yeah. but it's nice to hear you be like, yeah, I don't know. You know, people need to hear that on here. Cause yeah. I'm so, <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I was like a hundred percent and now I'm like, oh, I can be maybe 60, 40 or like, and if a flare up happens then I need to go hundred percent again. So I just kind of like go by how my body's feeling. Yeah. That's really helpful. Do yeah. you do anything else? Just wondering acupuncture or like massage yeah. or. Oh my gosh. I love acupuncture. I love massage. I do all those things. I see like frequently. An, um, I would say like every few months. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, I obviously like hike a lot. I like go, I'm like starting to run now. Wow. Yeah. And sometimes I do yoga, but I'm not like super consistent with that, but amazing. Yeah. I'm like a huge advocate for massages. Or for getting a massage. I know. I have one for tomorrow because I've been so tired. And I'm oh like, my oh, gosh. I'm going to get a massage. Yeah. And going to the Korean spa is like my love. Like I love doing that and just soaking and sweating. I think that's really good for our bodies too. Yeah. Do you go to We Spa? I do. That's like the really big one in LA. I've only yep. been there once, but I like the Korean spa yeah. too. I prefer infrared saunas and just going oh to gosh. them. But yeah. Totally. There's so much good, juicy self-care stuff out there. there. And it's really fun. And um, thank you so much for all of that wonderful information yeah, and for inspiring for us all to get the fuck outside. <laughs> That's what I hope everyone yeah. does this weekend. Um, just go outside and enjoy enjoy the sunshine and yep. enjoy the cold if you're in the cold and just yeah. breathe the Soak fresh it up. Air. Soak it up. So you can find Kate um, on Instagram and look at all her beautiful nature photos um, and her very cute self in those photos. I love your Instagram. Thank you. At Kate Rents. Um, I will link to it below. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Please review on iTunes if you listen. You can listen on any of your podcasting platforms and share with your friends. And we will see you.